Peace, everyone. This is Alicia coming to you from Houston, Texas. You are listening to the Microdosing Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we are headed into part two of our conversation with Arga Bourgeois, who is the daughter of Sunshine, uh, Sunshine's Vegetarian Deli. And we're talking about what it was like um, just for her growing up the way that she grew up. In the last segment, we talked about how they were a family of community and everyone was welcome in their home and how cooking was um, one of the main focuses of community. Uh, when you drove by their house or you were walking down the street, you knew that you could get a plate at their home. And um, as time progressed and people started passing away and watching people suffer, Sunshine decided to make a complete 180 and do something different with his life because he noticed that people were struggling and suffering because of the food choices they were making. And in that, that is where he started looking at wellness uh, through a different lens and started looking, taking a closer look at the food. And this is during a time where you know, food choices were scarce if you were going to be vegan or vegetarian. So you had to be very creative. And uh, my first introduction to Sunshine was more so about raw food eating. So he essentially started doing cleanses. And from there, uh, you know, that led into other more delicious foods that we could get um, at the restaurant. And so in this next segment, we talked to Arga about like how those changes affected her and the deals that she had to make with her father to go on summer vacation and things like that, uh, which is a very beautiful story. So I'm praying that you'll stay here and join us for a while and check out this second segment with Arga uh, talking about Sunshine's Vegetarian Deli and her life and how it played an important part of who she is today. Thank you for listening. And so as an adolescent, like you said, you bucked the system. And and was it strange in the sense that it was happening that way or was just like not appealing? So for me, I bucked the system. But again, um, my my dad knew how to get me. Every summer I like to go to Louisiana. He was like, okay, you go to Louisiana, but you're going to do this cleanse. You're going to do that sea care <laughs> olive oil before you go. I was like, oh, Lord. Girl, I waited to the last hour on the hour to take that olive oil and CKLS. Really? I did because for me, I had horrible cramps. Oh, okay. So I bucked the system a whole lot of stuff. But the one thing that I gave up and I've never gone back on is dairy products. Yeah. I saw immediately how my cycle would be from dairy products and the cramps Mm -hmm. and so forth and so on. Until this day, if some dairy ends up in my food, because it's in a lot of processed stuff that they don't tell you about. Right. I feel it. So that's oh, the you would feel it right away. Like mucus starts building up, you feel it immediately. Right. So that was the one thing that I that I gave up. But you know, the other pork, um, I think I gave that up because I, I that just makes my head hurt. But right. when I went to college, oh, crawfish, I just ate the whole truck. But mm-hmm. you know, it was a process, you know. Yeah. We, I think a lot of people just want to arrive at wellness and they have to realize like you're unraveling decades of unhealthy habits, not just the eating, but just like how you think, how you speak, all of that. And as you unravel all of that, it's going to be a challenge for you to just 
not emotionally eat or connect food to certain experiences like a party or being around family or having that fellowship. So, but, you know, then you get down into the crawfish and you understand the amount of sodium that is in it. And you wonder why you're swelling up. It's because your favorite food is fighting to process the unnatural salt that's in that. And it just can't break it down at all. Yeah. And so it your blood pressure goes up and then your hands start swelling up and your feet start swelling up. So, you know, that's just part of the learning process of it all. Correct. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, what made you decide to say, you know what, I'm going to get involved in this business that my father has created and um, become part owner or full owner or just support him in that. Were you growing up in his shops or was it something that he was doing for a while and then you came back to? How did that happen? Um, I've always been a part of it. Me and I'm, I'm daddy's girl. I've always been a part of it. Okay. When I went away to college um, and I wanted, I knew I wanted to do my own business. So I had my own business. I did nails, um, owned a couple of different nail salons. Okay. But I'm no different from anybody else. You know, we run from what's closest to us. Absolutely. I didn't want to do be in his footsteps and I didn't want to do it. And I didn't want to hear him saying all that stuff every day, all day long. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm just real with it. But what happened was uh, my dad loved the wellness and he's such a helpful person. He had two young ladies who wanted to do this and okay. they were living under him ball and chain every day. So um, he um, agreed to sell the business to them, okay? Okay. But he still wanted to be there, because, but he wanted to travel. He just didn't want to do the day-to-day right. things with it, right? So um, he agreed to sell it to them. They drew up some papers. Time, he signed the papers. They paid the initial deposit. They put him out. Really? His whole business literally just took it from him. Wow. So that broke his heart and literally broke mine, too, because when your parent is in pain, you're in pain. Absolutely. So I wanted to fight. I was all upset. You know, we had to go through a whole legal process, Um, literally lost everything, you know, with the you know, what what was inside the building, friendship. Yeah. Could not believe the people who did this to my dad did it because he treated them as if they were his daughters. Mm. Her daughter, her children, they called him Pawpaw. Wow. Yeah. That's how great of a friendship they were to my dad. But this is a, this is a young lady who was living the life that my dad wanted to. She was all vegan. She raised her kids vegan. She didn't do any supplements or whatever, but she tried to do an okie doke on my dad, right? Wow. Throughout the whole legal process, there's a couple of things that I've learned in life is everything that happens to you, don't look at the bad. Get some good out of it. Absolutely. So even though we were in a legal process and financially it broke us, Financially, mentally, socially, all those things created hate, you know, broke up some relationships, all that stuff. I looked at it as my fault. 
I took ownership mm-hmm. of it and said, if I would have had my tail here, it wouldn't have happened. It would not have happened. But you know that's not your fault, though. Right. I, I get that. But at the same time, I should have had my tail here. Because so a couple of things that I learned about it is, one, I, I was now... 15, 20 years later, I'm so thankful. If when I see, when I saw one of the girls, I damn near ran up to her and gave her a kiss and told her thank you. Mm. There's good and everything happened. One is I'm out here trying to build other businesses and other things when he's already laid the foundation for a business. Absolutely. And it's a business that will help people in the community. That's the first thing. Second thing is, um, as a child, as a child, your parents protect their children. But at some point in life, the roles reverse. We as oh, yeah. protect our parents. And so it's my job and my goal that I should protect my father. And I wasn't doing that. And that's what I feel. That's how it happened. Not to say that it's all my fault, but I had to take the good out of that and mm-hmm. good out of a bad a bad situation. And it just brought awareness of like how valuable your father is and how you know, like how you make that pivot and you see your parents for the first time almost. Right. It's just like, oh my goodness, like what am I doing? And you don't want people to take advantage of them and you don't want to see them hurt. And then you also have to recognize too that that is his journey. Like that is also part of his journey. And so, you know, having you to come in and say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and be a part of this and see what else I could build on top of this. Because what my dad has done is extremely valuable to community and more people should be able to benefit from this. I, you know, I commend you for making that decision because it has helped so many people, including myself and even my family as well. Um, before my dad passed away, him and Sunshine had an opportunity to meet. And, you know, he was asking my dad, you want to be able to stop walking with that cane? <laughs> you know, just all they had a brief conversation and it was outside. And, you know, I knew that where my dad was at in his life in his 70s, he was not going to get down with it. But just um, that Sunshine was willing to not be dogmatic and like, you know, you need to get your health together and so on and so forth, but just like compassionately have a conversation mm-hmm. with another man, man to man. Right. Right. Meant so much. So, you know, without you making that decision, I don't know if sunshines would, would continue to impact people the way that it does today. So we're grateful for you for doing that and making that decision because there's a fine line with um, doing what you want to do and doing what needs to be done and not feeling any resentment. Correct. And 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 it's so funny you say that because um, I think that, you know, everything happens for a reason and season. If I would have been doing prior to the lawsuit, I probably would have been doing it with resentment. Yeah. I approach this whole thing differently and I'm so appreciative of it. And, you know, a lot of times we want to um, 
do things that just aren't in our spirits to do. Um, meaning that um, I was a kid because I grew up around food um, and grew up around cooking. I did not want to be cooking. I, <laughs> I come from a hard network of cookers. My grandmother was a baker. She was a church baker and she would always, but my grandmother was so cold blooded with cooking. She didn't eat anybody else's food. So if she was coming over to your house, your family's together, she would cook a whole meal, bring the food to your house. And that's what her children would eat. She was not <laughs> going anywhere empty handed. That's okay. that was who she is. So all my life, I always had to haul food. And then you have my dad, who was an amazing cook. My mom was an amazing cook. So I knew how to cook from from Jump Street. And like we say it as a joke, um, you know, when, when people were eating. And so we'd be like, mm-mm, ain't that. <laughs> I know that's right. Because we have such great palates and we can eat food. So I thought I was going to be the person I ain't cooking. We going to eat out or whatever. Right. But the older I got, I was like, you know what? I've been given this gift to cook. Mm-hmm. Let me you. I mean, I would use it. Like I would get in the kitchen a couple of times. My dad would show me how to do one or two things and I would just do it. And then he would laugh and be like, ha ha, how you do that? I'd be like, it doesn't taste good. You know, right. that that's who we are. So a lot of the recipes from Sunshine's, maybe we looked at something in a, in a, in a, in a cookbook, but it's really coming from the heart. And it's right. really coming from the taste bud. And it's really yeah. coming from, does it taste good? Are you hungry? Eat. Right. That's that's the real deal. Like, does it does it taste good? And and to go back just really quick to like the party aspect of like the food and all of that. Let me say, I know that that is correct because y'all can throw a party. (laughs) It is a party. It's a party. It is a party. And there will be food for everybody, whether you're raw, vegan, vegan or whoever. Yes. And, Thank and that's, you for throwing good parties. <laughs> yeah, that's how we were were raised. And um, I said as a joke, uh, my mom, my mom um didn't do. She did parts of the healthy eating and the okay. vegan lifestyle. She tried to incorporate it. But let me tell you, um, her food. Um, and my kids joke about this all the time because when they stayed over her house, like if they spent the weekend over there, um you know, at her house and they'd wake up and my mom had the skillet that leaned to the side, right? <laughs> <laughs> they would say she would be cooking in there. And we'd be little kids like, is that food going to fall out the pot? <laughs> it never fell out the pot. I mean, but my kids would always say how breakfast was uh, an, an adventure because she didn't go to the grocery store and say, oh, I'm going to make this, that, and whatever. She would open the grocery, the, the, the refrigerator and say, okay, I got two eggs. I'm going to fry these two eggs. I got one piece of sausage. I'm going to fry one piece of sausage. I got some fried chicken. Let me start. go for what you know. <laughs> and so like they would have a breakfast feast of all this stuff. They didn't know they was eating a poor man's breakfast. They just right. like, good, you know? Exactly. Because it's the love that's put into it. It's the right. experience of being a part of watching it happen. Grandparents are magical. Yes. Like, you know, like what you do for your kids is like, mm. but because if you did that, they would be like, what is mama doing? But for a grandparent to do that, it's like magic is happening right before their eyes. And grandchildren and uh, 
uh, grandchildren and grandparents have this spiritual connection that the parent doesn't necessarily get. Correct. The pot leaning to the side, all of that is just like magical for children. Like, wow, how is she making this happen? And as we're speaking about your mother, I would love for you to speak her name into this space because she has transitioned into the ancestral realm. And I would just like to honor her in this space as we're having this conversation as well. And kind of talk about like what it was like having her transition the way that she did because it it felt like it was kind of quickly. Oh, wow. So that was horrible. (laughs) My mom's name is uh, Dr. Waltine Bourgeois. That that was horrible. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. My mom Mm -hmm. um, was a fun-loving, happy-go-lucky person. She was well-educated, but she loved to dance and she loved to have so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but throughout her life, she was uh, normal. And when my dad changed his diet, of course, she was a part of it as well. Okay. She never totally embraced the vegan vegetarian lifestyle, but she did make a lot of lifestyle changes um, okay. throughout the years. Um, I think when my daughter, my youngest daughter was born is when she was first diagnosed with high blood pressure and um, her illnesses, um, you know, came apparent. So from that time, um, she she took the herbs. She would always drink her water, um, you know, eat more fruits, more vegetables and so forth. But she still was going to make Big Mama's throw down Sunday dinner. And she always took her herbs. And so I'm saying all that to say is she fought high blood pressure, diabetes and all these other things for 10 to 12 years. Wow. Naturally, you know. Naturally, she did have a couple of other comp, uh, complications, um, I think, uh, with memory loss and so forth. But it didn't uh, aggressively start changing until she uh, went to a new gynecologist who did exploratory surgery. Oh, and, my goodness. Yeah. So I say that because um, I'm, I'm not against doctors and so forth. But what I am against is the the how can I say it the the quest to find problems if you will okay yeah we came for this but now we're looking for these other things too and the more you dig the more you open up in people you you know what I'm saying you're gonna find stuff you're exposing yeah and they're never saying okay we see this we're gonna cut it out they're like oh we're gonna go look Right, because it's more for their data and research than it is for the patient to get well. Right. And so yeah. when she started going through that process, she totally just demised. And and doctors are like grandparents also. They have a magical hold on their patients. They do, because they would tell you the doctor said. <laughs> right. And it's nothing wrong with what the doctor says, but I think that you should be allowed to get a second opinion. Most doctors, Mm -hmm. when you tell them, I want a second opinion, they get pissed off. Yeah. You know, I think it's important too, for people to understand that you are hiring a physician. And so you are allowed to ask as many questions as you want till you feel satisfied. And you are allowed to ask them to run tests, whether you pay out of pocket or it covers, or it's covered by your insurance. And it is definitely okay to hold them accountable because without patients, they would have no practice. My doctor, Dr. Lillian Chan, um, I see her a cup once every couple of years. 
when I first transitioned my diet and was doing cleansings and all of those things in about 90 days, because I was just going to see her, I wanted her to run all these tests. Um, and she told me, she asked me what I did. And I told her and she said, wow, you know, if every one of my patients did this, I would go out of business. This is what we want y'all to do. And a lot of times people hear their doctor say, you need to change your diet. You need to exercise. You need to eat better. And people will, you know, and they'll say, you know, and you need to take this medication. Well, people will do one of those four things, which is take the medication. They won't diet. They won't exercise. They won't do the other parts. And, you know, they'll rely so heavily on their doctor to tell them what's wrong with them. Whereas when you're cleansing, you know what's wrong with you because you can feel it in your body. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge part of it. And that's so important what you say. And I, I, I hear people come into the shop so much and they say this and I give them this great um, thought pattern. People come in and say, well, my doctor say I have a little diabetes or um, border dialect. I got a little high blood pressure or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just look at them and I say this with the straightest face, but I'm serious as hell. When your doctor tell you you have a little diabetes or a little high blood pressure or a little cholesterol, I want you to think of it that your 16-year-old daughter comes home and tells you, I'm a little pregnant. A little bit pregnant, yes. <laughs> I'm a little bit pregnant. It can't happen. It's not going to, it ain't, it, what, what the hell? No. Right. No, you're right. That is absolutely true. Absolutely true. You need to think, take those tests that either you have high blood pressure or you don't. Yeah. If you're diabetic. Are you not? Because what they're telling you is they're, they they don't want to say that, oh, you have high blood pressure. They want to tell you might be a little. So just take this little pill. Right. So that, that they can make money on the back end because that's what it's about, pushing pharmaceuticals. And that little pill going to turn into a little shot, which going to mm-hmm. turn into a little dialysis. They're yeah. putting it in the pipeline. And not all doctors do this, but this is how they're trained. Right. This is the medical industry. And it's so important for people to just understand, like, you can take control of your health, like 100%. It's your body. It is very complex. But if you allow yourself to let go of fear Mm -hmm. and just really walk in a space where you want to know information and you're willing to do the work to read, to exercise, to, to empower yourself and educate yourself, because that's all that I did. And I was borderline diabetic, migraines, asthma, like all these problems. And within 90 days, a good percentage of what was quote unquote wrong with me, it dissipated very quickly. The body will always give you a second chance and it reverses pretty quickly if you give it an opportunity to do so. So, you know, it, it's just challenging to, to get people out of that doctor said mindset and allow them to trust themselves. Because I think, too, in that fear, it's a trust issue is right. that we want we want to be able to trust other people with our lives, but we don't trust ourselves. Correct. With our lives. And I think that's a, a good way to really put that in a nutshell. So, you know, you lost your mother. And she had some health complications. And then you have your your father is still here. And the way that I see it is that you're caring for an aging health icon. 
Mm-hmm. And so I know that, you know, because how old is your father now? I think he's 83. He doesn't celebrate numerical numbers. <laughs> so I would actually have to pull out the calculator. But right. He's 83. He just 83. lives to the fullest every day. Right. And every day is a good day. Let's be clear. (laughs) Every day is a good day. And so what is that like for, you know, as he's aging and he's still very healthy, but there are going to be some things that, you know, are just inevitable. So what is aging like for him now? It's a doggone comedy show. (laughs) But, you know, after you've, um, I took care of my mom. So I so appreciate the little things that he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, once you lose a parent, you appreciate that other parent. Oh, yes. um, and it was like so wild or so weird. And I'm quite sure you can relate to this is the one that you're closest to mm-hmm. leaves you first. And yes, then the other one, you're like, God dog it. I got to deal with you. And, the, and that is profound because you and how it works, like this is how it works intuitively, energetically, and and holistically, like spiritually, this is how it works. The person, the parent that you're closest to, you've already mastered that relationship. Correct. So there's no reason for you to have to continue doing that. And sometimes even if you've mastered that relationship, that relationship may be keeping you in a holding pattern to not make more progress in life because it it may become enabling. It may become a a relationship that just doesn't allow you to move forward. And so once that parent is gone and you're with the parent that you haven't mastered your relationships with or worked out those challenges or whatever that is, it really takes you to the next level. And it really opens you up to like really be compassionate because that's all you have left. Correct. And yeah. so that's, that's what it's like. It's so appreciative. And I'm what I'm like, take me out the picture. But what I love the most is the grandparent aspect. Yeah, yeah it's special. My youngest daughter, she got a lot of my mom's um, relationship, but she didn't get enough of it. My, my oldest two, they got it all. They got a good you know, just of it. So like now seeing my daughter bond with her grandfather is like priceless. They're like, mm-hmm. I can He depends on her. He looks out after her. She depends on him. She's always like, Papa, did you eat? You know, this, that, and other. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. you know, like the, my favorite part of it, he's the one that drives with her. Like, I don't have to teach her how to drive. I'm like, praise the Lord. Praise God, right? (laughs) That's what grandparents are for. So those things you so appreciate uh, with. And then my dad is a health nut. And um, me personally, the last uh, three or four years, I've had my health challenges and gained weight or whatever. So, you know, for me to walk around the house and, you know, and at, at nighttime when I'm eating um guacamole and some bread, he'd be like, you just got it half right. You eating a guacamole with some bread. <laughs> you know, just to hear him say stuff like that, I'd be like, oh. Right, right, right. You know, I appreciate it because you know, I'm I should have just ate the guacamole with a spoon. Right. You know what I'm just little things. It's nine o'clock at night. Why are you eating anyway? Go right. to bed. And then I'm saying to myself under my tongue, because I can't talk back to my elder. I'm like, why are you up? 
<laughs> Why are you even here right now? Yeah. You know, so those type of things I so appreciated. And then I, I appreciate the fact that, um, you know, he's mobile and he doesn't want yeah. to um, take care of him. You know, um, a couple of weeks ago, he um, he was getting out of his truck. So he hurt his knee mm-hmm. and his knee swole up. So couldn't put pressure on it and everything. And so I stayed here uh, a day giving him juice, you know, doctoring up and all this stuff. And I had to get uh, my mom's walker out of the garage and give it to him. So I gave it to him. He used I know, it. He was I gave he he asked for it. He used it for a day or two, and then I came home one day, and you know what he told me? Take this shit back. Door. I was like, okay, but I was so grateful because there are some people who want that crutch forever. He was right. like, I used it. I'm good. Put this stuff back. Matter of fact, you put it on the street because I don't want right. it. You know, because it's a resource. It's something. It's a tool that I have to use to get back. To mm-hmm. where I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this segment of the Microdosing Podcast with Arga Bourgeois of Sunshine's Vegetarian Deli and also uh, the Sunshine's Vegetarian or Sunshine's Vegan restaurant in Fifth Ward that has recently opened. Um, Since the recording of this interview, her father has transitioned and passed away, um, and we are definitely feeling his loss and we miss him and his energy always still remains with us. And I'm grateful that Arga took out the time to have this conversation um, and just really being able to share more with us about her journey in wellness and just who she is as a woman and a mother and an entrepreneur and just sharing her father with us has been just such a tremendous gift. Um, Please stay tuned for this uh, next segment uh, that's coming up part three and uh, we'll be looking forward to giving you more insight on this beautiful legacy of sunshine, as well as the legacy of Arga and her family. So, you know, I think we tend to focus so much on our parents and what they did for us and the foundation that they laid out for us that we forget to look at ourselves and see how much work we're actually putting in to keep these things uh, alive and maintain them. Because as we all know, it's not hard to acquire the hard thing is maintaining. And I think Arga and her family, as they continue to grow, and Imani, her second child, uh, is managing the vegan restaurant in Fifth Ward, and she is doing a magnificent job. And that's just a reflection of the love that her parents have poured into her and her grandparents have poured into her. So you actually get an opportunity to see how the legacy continues. So Again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for part three. Peace and light.